0: I don't know about you but I think any disciple hearing Jesus saying I send you out as lambs among wolves should rightfully be a little bit concerned. So I wanted to uh, pick up on that saying this morning. Uh, It does make the idea of sharing the gospel sound dangerous and I think there's truth to that. I believe that it is dangerous but I think it pays to focus exactly on what Jesus is warning us about because to be forewarned is to be prepared and being prepared is better than not being prepared. So let's take a close look at this little bit of teaching. Jesus starts off on a very positive note and says that the harvest is plentiful. Uh, There's the bit of work that is outside the harvesters' control, that is the, the actual growing of the grain and so forth, that's all been done. All that's required now is for people to go out and bring the harvest in. Seeds have been planted and watered, they've come to fruition, the fruit is there, go out and bring the harvest in. Beseech the Lord of the harvest that there might be workers to do that work. Now, one of the challenges for the church more recently has been that we haven't always been seen as purveyors of good news particularly lately. Um, early on, we were much more good news people. You see the little vignettes in Acts and the little early church does remarkable stuff. It's a, almost a social revolution where people on the fringes are brought in and those who had almost nothing are cared for by the community and it's a really remarkable thing that's going on and hard to deny that it was good news. The authorities weren't that keen on it, but everyone else were favourably disposed towards that fledgling church. They were doing really good things. Down through the history of the spreading of the gospel, we've also seen the fact that wherever the gospel has gone, usually good things have happened, things that we now take for granted, I've said in this place before, things like the abolition of slavery, or at least official slavery, um, universal health care and universal education. These things are all at the heart of the gospel of sharing good things with people regardless of their capacity to get hold of them, as it were. But as the rest of the society has taken those things on as their own, the church has been kind of confined much more or has found itself talking much more about moral stuff and becoming a little bit the, the moral conscience of the society sometimes a bit wowserish, sometimes the the last bastion of holding on to particular traditions, and none of that kind of comes across as particularly positive or good news. Jesus says, ask that the Lord of the harvest might have labourers to go out and bring in this harvest. And we want those harvesters to be people that don't damage the fruit as they're bringing it in, right? They want to be people of good news who don't damage the fruit. When I first became a Christian, part of the story of my conversion was that I was being saved from hell. And uh, anyone who didn't become a Christian was going to go to hell. And this clearly was not a desirable thing. And if it followed that if I cared about other people... Um, I should try and tell them the gospel so that they wouldn't go to hell either. So I was trained in a bunch of arguments that were designed to engage with people so when they raised objections, I could object to their objections and we could have a conversation that I would win and they would have to become a Christian because of my superior logic or something to that effect. And there's two key problems with this, and that is most people aren't actually reasonable... <laughs> no matter what you say. And the other one is more important. You can't force anybody into the kingdom. Not through force of fear, of judgment, and not even through force of argument. It's always tempting to engage people in any situation according to the thing that we feel strongest in and to use our force. But the kingdom doesn't work like that. It's not clever manipulators that we need. We need disciples that are full of grace and truth that invite people into the kingdom. We're not called to be forceful labourers, simply faithful labourers. And hence the saying about being a lamb among wolves. I really like the, the drama of this picture, a little kid amongst very threatening characters. You see, because when we go out to share the gospel, we don't go out in force. We go out in vulnerability. We cannot compel people to follow Jesus. Our privilege is to invite them. When we engage from a place of vulnerability, we offer the opportunity for people to respond to us in kingdom ways. And let me explain this a little bit. That means that people who are being reached out to have a chance to kind of unwittingly experience the kingdom as they care for the vulnerable emissaries of Jesus. Now just think about this for a moment. These people are going out without the supplies they need to survive and they're going to be reliant on the goodwill of people they haven't met. And the strange dynamic in that is as people take care of them, the people who are doing the taking care of actually experience the dynamic of the kingdom. There's a hidden blessing in that. I'm not sure if you understand what I mean. It's, um, it's fairly strange stuff. Because what I want to say is that it's not that the people who are sharing the gospel have no power. It's just that it's a very different kind of power. Rather than the the power over, the coercive power that we are more familiar with, this is the power of attraction. This is the power that ignites a person's heart and fires their desire. I would say it's the most motivating power in all of creation. See, the desire of a person can be actually quite unstoppable. Uh, Love will see you willingly do things that fear could never make you do. Fear's paralyzing impact is based on the risk of losing your life. But love's energising passion is the desire to enter more fully into life and to bring life to people. The vulnerable power of the kingdom ignites love. It's an expression of love. Going out vulnerably invites people to love. And fear is powerless to do that. Fear cannot generate love. Even if people do not allow themselves to be drawn by this attractive love of Christ, the kingdom comes near. The nearness of the kingdom has touched their lives. There's a a verse in Isaiah 55, well, two verses, 10 and 11, where it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater so my word will be so will be my word which goes forth from my mouth it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what i desire and without succeeding in the matter for which i send it when the gospel goes out and people have the opportunity to respond to it it reads them. When we come to scripture, as it were, and we read it, it reads us. It shows us our heart. When the kingdom comes near, it reads us. It shows us ourselves and something happens. This is a very significant thing. So whether you respond favorably or not, something happens. But if you do respond favorably, something Quite interesting happens and Jesus describes it as seeing Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When the people come back and they've been they tell Jesus about how people responded and the power of sharing this love and this gospel and the healing that went on and so forth, Jesus says, Yep, I saw Satan fall like heaven fall from heaven like lightning. And uh, that's a remarkable phrase to use. There's many things you could pick up about that phrase. Heaven being the place of authority. It's up high. It's it's where the ruler sits and so forth. And falling from lightning, uh, falling like lightning, is an interesting thing. I mean, how does lightning fall? Quickly, dramatically, instantaneously, as it were. Um, I don't know if you have saw the Harry Potter movies and the, the Death Eaters were the bad guys in that and when they would turn up in a place they would come in these spirals of smoke that would weave around. It was very, very dramatic and they'd appear in this plumage of, uh, of mist and present themselves. And it was a very controlled flight. They came down from heaven. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> this is... <laughs> He falls from his place of power instantaneously, dramatically, out of control, not landing well. That's what Jesus is seeing. And how does that happen? What does that really mean to us? This is because the gospel shifts the way people live their lives. I've said here before, the dominating social organising principle of our world is fear, We live so much of our lives, consciously or unconsciously, in response to things that we're frightened of. The grace of Christ subverts that fear. Whether it's fear of rejection, in which that fear is neutralised because Jesus says, you have unconditional acceptance. The fear of rejection is sort of neutralised in that. Or maybe you've got a fear of missing out, and Jesus says... But the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of God, the most important thing, it's here. It's among you. You don't need to miss out. All you need to do is enter in. It's it's available. The gospel of God's grace can liberate us from the fear and so undercut the base of Satan's power, the power of this world. And when that happens, when you move from one realm into another, it shifts everything. And these emissaries went out and they were healing and serving people. And that's how we set ourselves and other people free from being caught up with the fears that are so much about our own self and our own survival and this kind of thing. This is the activity of the therapeuton. This is what he's talking about. The healing that goes on is really about attending to and serving others. And I suspect we barely recognize the power of attending to and serving someone because we're not very familiar with it. Most of our lives, we are fairly insecure. I am. I'm a fairly insecure person. I'm getting more secure, I think, as I get less energy to be insecure. (laughs) And we want to be affirmed. We want our worth to be affirmed to us and we want our place in the world to be affirmed to us so we kind of want to have other people attend to us in all sorts of ways. And sometimes we can even twist that where we don't feel worthy of anything unless we're doing good to somebody and so we thrust ourselves out to serve people but really underneath that we're looking after our own need to be significant. You know, it's very subtle in a kind of way. And in reality when we serve and attend to others it's an incredible shift of power I think. Um, last Sunday my mum met a young man at her church who uh, I was at youth group at, with at that church and uh, he bounded up to mum and said oh Mrs Gore just wanted to say how wonderful it was to have David as a youth leader and this is why I'm telling you the story um, at, at the church and he was he was, being commissioned and sent off by a missionary organisation to Africa to be part of a a mission training school, college uh, in Tanzania, I think. And uh, he he tracked me down too. Mum told me about this and then I got an email through the week from our Seed website from this young man and he spoke really warmly. It was so lovely to hear him speak about how my care for him had touched his life. And I'm embarrassed to say I can barely remember him. Like, he's not somebody who was a standout character for me. I remembered his name and when I saw his picture as a 50-year-old, I kind of thought, yeah, I think I remember that guy. But we were just doing our stuff back in youth group. It was the community of us, just being community together. Nobody was trying to outdo anybody in niceness or anything like that. We just cared about each other and that transforms people's lives. It's so ordinary and it's transformative. I don't doubt that I attended well to him and I attended well to other people, just as other people attended well to me and the community changed us. It's an extraordinary thing when we care deeply, when we see past the facade that people put up in the hope of being presentable and we genuinely want to see what's best for one another. That's what brings healing and freedom. That's the example that others can follow to find the freedom from the fear that Satan is all about that causes him to fall like lightning and changes the world. It takes gentleness. You can't force that. People have to choose it for themselves. It has to be inviting enough that they want to do it. See, the harvest is... Plentiful. Oh, I've gone too far. There we go. That's one of our festivals out the front. The harvest is plentiful. There's people everywhere that need to know this good news. There's people everywhere that need to be set free from fear to live in a way that enables them to care for one another. We need faithful, not forceful, but faithful harvesters who work with gentleness that is born of the confidence in the redeeming power of God's love. When you know that power, you don't need to be forceful. You just trust that it will happen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that Jesus does forewarn us about being as lambs among wolves the gentleness of the kingdom in the kill-or-be-killed ways of the world, it almost seems ridiculous. And yet your power, your gentleness, draws us and persuades us to the point where we will willingly do that which fear could not make us do. And we give ourselves to one another and to you to bring the kingdom now to the glory of your name. Amen.